Is this better? Light on, light off. Light on, light off. Literally makes no difference. Makes zero difference. It's, zero it's difference. fine either way. Okay. <laughs> There's slightly more glare in your glasses. Maybe I just do no glasses? There you yeah. go. Now, oh, like, actually, it gives you a kind of a green tint. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what this is all about is because the camera's in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> just throws everybody off their axes just right off the bat. Hello, my historical nerd friends. This is Historical AF. I'm Kina, and today I am joined by Hashtag History. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. We're a bunch of historians bringing you the funny and spooky historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. This (laughs) is President's Part 3. Yes, hear, hear. (laughs) This has been one of those surprising topics that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I have. Oh, God, the presidents are one of my favorite things. I mean, every single one of them has such a fascinating story that I mean, all the way down to like what I would think are like the more kind of boring presidents like Jimmy Carter have very (laughs) interesting stories. And this is where Rachel and I differ. I agree. I don't find presidents that interesting (laughs) overall. (laughs) So tell everybody about your podcast. So we are Hashtag History, and we drop weekly episodes every Tuesday, um, and we focus on history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. So we've covered things like the JFK assassination, Roanoke, Jonestown, Jonestown. Yeah, just all all the really awful (laughs) stuff. All across the board. (laughs) Yeah. And then every week, Leo, I'll let you take it away with, we also do a cocktail Yeah, we do a cocktail segment every week that I try as best I can to connect to the topic of the week. So for instance, we, you know, might drink a a drink called Jack for the Jack the Ripper episode or or something like that. We we always try to tie it together somehow. Yeah. Usually more literally than (laughs) than I would like. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes there actually is a drink called the Jack the Ripper cocktail. And that's what we have. Yeah. And and sometimes those cocktails are good, but most of the time they're total mistakes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And we we have started rating the cocktails on a scale of one to 10. I would say our average is like 4.5. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 4.75. I just finished listening to the Catherine the Great episode and you guys were really confident you were going to hate that cocktail. It sounded like it would have been horrible. The one that was the Jaeger. Oh yeah, the one with Jaeger. Oh my gosh, I forgot about and you know <laughs> what's funny is the episode directly after that. So we typically re- record in batches, and so we were recording the Catherine the Great episode, and then we were recording one about uh, Joe Lewis the same night. And between those two cocktails, we were like, "The Catherine the Great one is going to be horrendous." It was Jaeger, and it was vodka and coffee liqueur. Like who mixes yeah, these Kahlua. things together? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, it was who, really who does this? But then we had it. We're like. Maybe like what's so fun about recording together is like you know you take your sip of the cocktail and you both kind of make eye contact do we like this I think (laughs) the next one Leah you'll have to remind me what exactly was in the Joe Lewis one but it wasn't ingredients that I thought 
I wouldn't like. Do you know? Like, I thought it was going to be an okay cocktail. I thought it was going to be the better of the two. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it had vermouth in it, though, which yeah. is always a no-go for us. That's yeah, that's a hard right. stop for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me remember. It was, oh, no, it was whiskey. Oh, yeah. And then we substituted Sue's liqueur for something with else. Campari. With Campari. Yeah. Oh. So never mind. It, I mean, it was all around bad. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that that one on our rating scale got like a three or something. Yeah, so. dude, that was one of <laughs> Maybe, the lower ones. Actually, I take that back. I'm pretty sure it got a zero, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember I was not a fan. Campari <laughs> is another no-go. That's a. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that. You yeah, don't. Sound. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't don't. sound great. No. And it's very expensive and just really oh. not worth your time or money. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. I was really excited that Catherine the Great, I just did an episode on her for the sex episode. So I covered all the weird sex stuff. And you guys Ooh. covered what, like the one part that I didn't cover. So it was yeah, really cool there we to, go. To pick up the things that I missed. It was, yeah, no, the, yeah. I, that wasn't a, an area that I focused on when I researched mm-hmm. that episode, but there was little snippets of it in what I found and very interesting stuff for sure. <laughs> but yeah. so then, Kina, did you cover in your episode like her furniture that had like boobs and stuff on it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. We'll have to go listen to that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The theory is that when the Nazis were invading and burning art and stuff, that somebody stole them. So there's a theory that some of them still exist. And I can't imagine just a Nazi being like, that dick chair, I need it. Yeah. I'm going to need that one with the nipples on it. Or could you imagine like walking into someone's house and seeing like a chair with nipples and a dick on it and being like, oh, you ended up with Catherine's furniture? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I kind of agreed with you guys. I like the show. I knew it was horribly not accurate, but it was very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, no, I watched the show with just a little like knowledge about Catherine ahead of time. I knew who she was. I'd mm-hmm. heard the name before. And so I didn't realize how historically inaccurate it was until I started doing research after I had watched it. That's part of the Patreon content as I rage about historical inaccuracies in movies and TV shows. Oh, <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. I love it. Like, what more could you ask for? And I feel like what I've heard from the majority of people that are watching it, they're watching it and saying then, okay, now let me go learn what the real story is. I feel like that's what I've been getting from people. And I love that. Yeah. And I think that's why all of us, you know, have the comedy history is that's what gets people drawn in. Nobody wants that stuffy history anymore. No. It's the weird-ass dick chairs that gets people interested in history. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It is the weird-ass dick chairs. And the cocktails. (laughs) Yeah, and the cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what started this podcast. I was out to dinner with my husband, and he ordered a Rasputin beer, and I was like, "Did you know <laughs> that, that his dick was yes. magical and huge, <laughs> and people worshipped it, and it traveled around Europe with like a coven?" And he was like, "No, stop." <laughs> And he didn't shower for like six months or something, or didn't change his underwear for six months. That's what the story was. Like, please. But then had hundreds upon hundreds of sexual partners. Like, the math is not adding up for me. (laughs) I don't even (laughs) photos of him. He's just, I don't understand. I'm not following. (laughs) Obviously, beauty standards have changed. (laughs) (laughs) He must have. I know they would say he had like this magnetic personality. It must have been because I don't He had to have been because of the way that he was able to infiltrate into the the Romanov family. He he must have been pretty charismatic. Yeah. Crazy. Yikes. (laughs) Crazy stuff. (laughs) 
Man, do you want to jump on into the... Yeah. Story? Sorry. Yeah. Our little side tangent there. <laughs> oh, no. Every time. About dicks and not changing our underwear. Excuse us. That, <laughs> that's just on brand here. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So for this week's episode, we have prepared a little something to go along with the presidential theme and the funny theme because we know that your audience likes to laugh a lot, Kina. We decided to share a little bit about President Lyndon B. Johnson, or LBJ, as we will be calling him throughout the episode, in a little segment we like to call LBJ was gross. <laughs> he sure was. Yeah. LBJ was gross, folks. So let's start with a quick refresher. LBJ was president from 1963 to 1969 and was essentially thrust into the position following John F. Kennedy's horrific assassination. Interesting to note, since LBJ was JFK's vice president, but they actually despised each other. It's widely assumed that JFK only chose LBJ for the ticket because he needed him in order to win the South. As I'm sure you know, Kina, because of Texas, LBJ hails from Texas and was slash is a pretty big deal there. Yeah, I'm actually really <laughs> close to his house. Are no you way. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool. very cool. The Texas White is it, House. <laughs> is it still a family house? Um, Right like now a- it's shut down. They're doing renovations, but it's pretty much a museum. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, it was a big deal. JFK needed him for the ticket for, you know, the southern states and and a huge state like Texas. Having served in the Senate as the Senate Majority Leader with some pretty big accomplishments there, LBJ was very well respected, particularly in the South, but the two men constantly intimidated one another. LBJ was intimidated by JFK's charisma and intelligence. JFK was intimidated by LBJ's experience and did all that he could to push LBJ out of any decision making. I wonder if they like they knew that they would be forever called by their initials, three initials, JFK, LBJ. <laughs> I, I feel right? like at least I feel like at least LBJ knew that because his name, so Lyndon. B. Johnson, his wife, Lady Bird Johnson, their children all have LBJ as their initials and their dog. I can't remember the dog's <laughs> name, but even the dog's initial for LBJ. So I think on his part, totally intentional. <laughs> just just throwing it out there. I don't know that for a fact, but I mean, come on. <laughs> now, it didn't help this like rivalry between LBJ and JFK. It didn't help that JFK had his baby brother, Robert Kennedy, who was serving as attorney general at the time at the White House all the time, essentially serving as an advisor. And Robert Kennedy hated LBJ. They hated each (laughs) other. And JFK consulted with his baby brother way more than he did with his vice president. I'm just literally, this is like a plot line from an episode of um, Veep. Yes. (laughs) Like, could you imagine LBJ being in the, the annex and being like, oh. I literally do nothing. What 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 do I do here? Like, has the president called yet? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that part so much. Every day, like, okay. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. <laughs> there was so much rivalry between JFK and LBJ that actually one of the biggest conspiracy theorists about theories about JFK's assassination is that LBJ was behind it. Just months before his death, JFK and Robert had been scheming about how to get LBJ off the ticket before JFK's campaign for re-election. 
He didn't want LBJ to be his vice president in the potential second term because he didn't want LBJ to end up potentially running for president at the commencement of his term. There are some rumblings that perhaps even Jackie Kennedy herself believe that LBJ could have been behind her husband's assassination. I believe yeah. it because she was so adamant about being in his swearing in with the blood on her still and her face right. and all the photos it could like right. burn holes in him. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I'm 100%. watching you. I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though it's just kind of like rumblings about whether she actually believed that he was involved in the assassination nation or not those are just like maybe we Mm. do know for a fact on record that jackie kennedy did say i don't agree with the warren commission report like that there is something wrong there from like between my experience and what i'm now reading in this report y'all got your facts wrong (laughs) yeah we did a whole two-parter episode on the jfk assassination and it still wasn't enough yeah it wasn't That's yeah. wild. I recently, before COVID, when you could travel, went to what like is the grassy traveling. I, yeah, I know, right? You remember back when we could leave our house? Huh? Yeah, filling in. I'm not. I'm not so familiar. Yeah, I went to the grassy knoll and everything. And even today, oh it's my just God. so wild to be there. Into they have like X's in the road where the two uh-huh. shots were. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. That is yeah, so cool. Crazy. Do you know? Is the I don't know. Is the book depository used? I think it showed that floor was a museum now. But I don't know if it was open or not when I was there. We didn't go in or go near it. Yeah. We just kind of walked around. And- that's cool. Well, that's all <laughs> super interesting, guys. <laughs> but that is not what we are here to talk about. <laughs> LBJ would be so pissed that his episode gets, you know, overshadowed by us talking about JFK. Yeah, oh, my I mean, God. I feel yes. like that, that's on brand for him, though, right? Is right. overshadowed by JFK. <laughs> So we want to start off by playing a short clip from a recorded phone call between LBJ and his tailor. And I think I can share my screen and maybe share the audio if I do that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to play. We got to start at three minutes and 30 seconds in. (laughs) That's where the good stuff is. That's the good stuff, guys. So please. Hello. Hello. Now, the pockets, when you sit down in the chair... The knife and your money comes out, so I needed at least another inch in the pockets. Yeah. Now, another thing that crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. So when you make them up, get the inch that I can let out there uh, because they cut me. They just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So. Believe me, uh, you never do have much margin there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, around uh, under my, back of my bunghole. So I can let it out there if I need to. And uh, if you get those to me, I would sure be grateful. Uh, where would you like to be? White House. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Wow. So... <laughs> All of that wasn't bad enough, and then he just lets out like a big belch in the middle of it. Like, bro, you're already disgusting. Like, come on. Yeah. So, um, freaking nasty. Like, gross. <laughs> cool. Um, and let me apologize too if you can hear my neighbor does his lawn maintenance on Wednesday night. So, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> but according to an article on nationalpost.com, anyone who came into contact with LBJ was at risk of encountering a spectacle of burping, 
No. Farting. No. Oh. Nose picking. No. Uh, and crotch scratching, apparently. This is very common. <laughs> Congressman Richard Bowling, I believe it's pronounced, who witnessed some of this, told Merle Miller, I wouldn't say Johnson was vulgar. He was barnyard. <laughs> Oh, so, so we're good. yeah, so like so good. That's such a good like quippy comment to make on the spot. Could you imagine? <laughs> He's barnyard. Yeah. Oh my god. It's beautiful. So we're not going to do a deep dive into LBJ as we said because we could be here for a very long time. So we're just going to hit you with some quick additional examples of his um barn yardness <laughs> <laughs> the first of which is his quote toilet meetings oh god and get ready buckle up guys okay <sighs> you heard that right lbj liked to lean over people and belch he liked to spit in their face while talking to them and uh urinate on his sec- secret service agents and so on yeah no, don't do that yes. <laughs> yeah uh but it, there's like actually a story of him just walking up to one of his secret service agents pissing on him and the secret service agent was like what the f are you actually doing right now oh and he God. just was like asserting his dominance or something i don't really know oh, that's oh some like God. no home training right there just no. yeah i mean that's literally <laughs> what dogs do when they try to assert their dominance <laughs> over other other dogs <laughs> do better but his absolute favorite thing to do was to drag people into the bathroom with him while he was using the toilet there are <laughs> multiple accounts of this like it's not just like oh it happened two two times and it got overblown no there's like many 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 people have stepped forward and said this has happened to them uh, according to a C-SPAN oh. interview of one of his former female employees, she would be working with him, happened to be in the bedroom where she was just running, asking him a couple questions, and then he would excuse himself into the bathroom. And a couple seconds later, just very exuberantly and unabashedly invite her in to join him because he hadn't finished what he was saying. Oh, dear. No. No, 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 no. 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 Yeah. <laughs> In another example, Mick George Bundy, who was many people know uh, at the time, the U.S. National Security Advisor, was caught in a toilet meeting situation with the president and was so grossed out and embarrassed by it. I mean, like, yeah, me too, Mac. Right. (laughs) That he reportedly refused to make eye contact with the president ever again, which I I, oh my I can God. relate, right? I mean, could you literally imagine, scarred like, for life. Could you imagine, like, sitting and having to talk to someone while they're taking a shit? Oh no, no, no! And then, like, have to work with them professionally for the rest of your like your career. <laughs> <laughs> you so stare. Hard. You know how you're like on on stage and stuff uh, when you're performing. If you're supposed to be like looking into someone's eyes, but so that you don't like start laughing, you kind of look at their forehead instead or something. That's what this guy did for the rest of his life in his meetings. Just looked at LBJ's forehead. Uh, with me with Zoom calls now, I just kind of look off out of my window that's over here, and I just kind <laughs> of you know look off over here and smile. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i do when awkward situations happen on love it calls. 
So one final example of this behavior was reported by Arthur Goldschmidt, who was a United Nations official, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. So what's his name? Arthur was in the Oval Office with LBJ when he suddenly, like very abruptly, headed for the washroom and, quote, took a crap, then shaved and showered, all the while continuing his conversation as though what he was doing was the most normal thing in the world, end quote. <laughs> I just want to the faces of all these people being like, I don't belong here. I need you know, to head out. <laughs> Like, it's so interesting. Like, I, bathroom culture is such an interesting thing. And I know it's changed over time. But like, I know nowadays, even when someone like who maybe I'm not super like, Rachel, if you talk to me over the bathroom stall in a public restroom, I'd be like, ah, that's fine. But like, yeah. Even if someone's like, hey, can you pass me? Like someone I don't know is like, hey, can you pass me some toilet paper under the stall? I'm like, of course, let me get you, girl. But also like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's just it's so uncomfortable. Bathroom culture is so interesting, to be honest. Yeah. Anyways, um, guess what? That's not all. No, <laughs> no. There's I a couple a more. It's not. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple more things LBJ was known for. So he was known to expose himself in and outside of the restroom frequently. That one I knew about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's legend here. Oh my yeah. god, that is a horrific legend to have. Yeah, like very commonplace, actually. So (laughs) I moved here, and the first time I went to Austin, people are like, oh, did you know LBJ used to stay at the Driscoll? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, he used to like flop his wiener out and like shake it at people on the street. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Welcome to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So one report claims he literally screamed, woo-wee. Have you ever (laughs) seen anything as big as this while literally (laughs) swinging his dick around? <laughs> um and then There's no words i know <laughs> it's so bad and then he was also reported to have answered multiple reporters badgering him about why the united states was in vietnam with a simple unmistakable off the record gesture he oh. unzipped hold out jumbo yes he <laughs> proclaimed his penis's name was jumbo oh no <laughs> he said this is why <laughs> it's so so bad it's, it's so really bad. bad yeah another oh, example mm. oh go ahead kina i was about to say just all that just makes me think that it was probably mediocre at best you know it just seems like there's a big no over. way it was good yeah <laughs> it was you no really rasputin you know that <laughs> it was no rasputin <laughs> i love that that's the, that's the standard like what are we yes. talking? That, that's how we should rate our cocktails from now. Like from a scale of Johnson to Rasputin, where would you put this one? Yeah. Oh my god! And someone yes. just commented, so funny. I didn't see it till now. Is that why people call it Johnson? <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, I love wonder it. if it is. Yeah, I don't actually know. know. Someone look that up and let us know. <laughs> so, in addition to all of that. Another example of LBJ being completely gross are his affairs and his behavior towards women in general. JFK goes down in history as being a womanizer. We're all familiar with his many affairs, cough, cough, Marilyn Monroe. Mm. But his vice president was just as much 
of a womanizer, if not more. In fact, LBJ is quoted as saying when pissed off when people would talk about Kennedy's numerous affairs, LBJ would slam his hands down on the table and say, I have had more women by accident than Kennedy has ever had on purpose. <laughs> it's like, like, how does that happen on accident? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Oops, what? I fell on her. <laughs> Whoops, Jumbo fell out. Uh, <laughs> Even gross. though... So gross. Even though LBJ would go around telling anyone who would listen that his wife, Lady Bird Johnson, was the best piece of ass he had ever seen. Yes, those were the president's exact words about his wife. Oh, no. This still didn't stop him from having what are now very public affairs with other women. I'm only going to touch on two of them, though, even though there are many, many, many. The first is that with Alice Glass. LBJ met Glass in 1937. She was the wife of one of his biggest supporters in his election to the U.S. House of Representatives. Lady Bird also met Glass and very quickly became aware of the sexual tension between her and her husband. This affair would last for approximately 10 years. That's a long time. Yes. The second, which is maybe the more infamous of the two, was with Madeline Duncan Brown. In 1982, so this is nearly 10 years after LBJ's death, Brown came forward and said that she and LBJ had had a 21-year-long affair spanning from 1948 to 1967, meaning that this affair was going on while he was serving as vice president and then later as president of the United States. Dear Lord. After meeting at a party, Brown and Johnson would get it on for several years in short encounters that generally only lasted like 30 minutes each. Which, in 1950, Brown let Johnson know, like, hey, FYI, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Johnson told her not to worry that he would take care of her. And according to Brown, he did. Johnson set her up with a house and a maid and credit cards and vehicles. Brown's son, Stephen Mark Brown, lived the majority of his life not knowing the true identity of his father. It wasn't until his mom suffered a heart attack in 1987 that she revealed that his dad was LBJ. Later that year, her son filed a $10.5 million lawsuit against Lady Bird Johnson in order to obtain what he believed to be his rightful share of the Johnson estate. Very, very sad. The case was dismissed when Stephen Brown died in 1990 at only 37 years old from cancer. Oh, God. That's so young. Poor Lady Bird. Yeah. I feel for her. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% feel for her, but I do know that she was aware. Yeah. Of, like she knew he was messing around. Because here's here's an example here. Those are just two of LBJ's more well-known affairs, but we know that he was constantly getting it on with several different women outside of his marriage. In fact, after an incident in which Lady Bird caught LBJ having sex with a secretary on the couch in the Oval Office. <gasps> no. Yes. That he had a sacred. No. Yeah, I know that the couch is sacred. That couch has seen some shit. That oh. couch is gross. <laughs> it's true. That couch is. Oh gross. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, after this incident where Lady Bird walked in, LBJ had a buzzer installed, and he trained the White House staff to buzz him anytime the missus was walking around the White House. What a dick. I know. Outside of these affairs, LBJ's behavior toward women was absolutely vulgar. 
He's known for selecting female White House staff strictly on the basis of their looks and even regularly commenting on their figures and pointing out if they had gained weight. So he's literally the worst. <laughs> he's the actual worst. Can you imagine your boss being like, oh, did you eat an extra donut yesterday? Like, what the F? He Every, also, everything you're mentioning is like every one of these women should be like, I'm going to burn this fucker down. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Class no. action lawsuit, folks. <laughs> Ever heard of a class action? <laughs> he also regularly groped his female staff. Oh. Yes. So God. less funny. And that's, yeah. And that, and also in those times, like women were taught to just deal with that too. Yeah. That's even more sad. As they we're still I mean, over- something like that happened today. Yeah. It, even though things are better now, there's still, of course, like mm-hmm. slut shaming. There's still, you know, we're still, women are still not comfortable coming forward a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah, imagine, I mean, we're talking in the 60s. Like, no way were these women Ima- coming yeah. forward. In the 60s, imagine being a woman getting to work at the White House and getting to be in the right position. You wouldn't want to lose right. that. That's and so I sad. Think, I think that goes to why the second woman that I talked about that he had that infamous affair with, Madeline Duncan Brown, she didn't even speak out about the affair until 10 years after LBJ had died. So, wow. maybe I mean, I think that speaks to her not feeling comfortable with coming forward. Yeah. Man, what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to wrap it all up. <laughs> on that we're, we're almost done. We're almost done, guys. <laughs> Between 1963 and 69, LBJ had approximately 800 hours worth of conversations recorded while in the White House. And this is how we got that awful audio file that we just listened to at the the top of the episode. You can listen to every single one of those 800 hours um, now online. And I highly encourage you to do so if you want to be grossed out and yeah. maybe <laughs> giggle at a couple like gross jokes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cause you can listen to them. They're all archived at the millercenter.com. LBJ would go on to serve another term, which he won on his own in 1964. In fact, he won by over 61%. And the map of the states in favor of LBJ is actually really astonishing to see. Nearly the entire United States is blue. LBJ did some amazing things during his presidency, such as signing into law the Civil Rights Act, promoting the space race, and boosting the economy. But we also know that LBJ's image was tarnished by the Vietnam War. LBJ also had the FBI wiretapping Martin Luther King Jr. So there's that. <laughs> when he left the <laughs> when he left the presidency, his VP Hubert Humphrey ran but was defeated by Republican nominee Richard Nixon, and we all know how that ended. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> In summation, y'all, we've had presidents that go down in history as the worst president of all time, the dumbest president, the most lavish president, the most outspoken president. But we think it's safe to say pretty confidently that LBJ takes the cake for being the most disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, LBJ. You win. (laughs) You've won the barn the barnyard award. Is that what it was? Yes. Yes. We have a fuck you list on this podcast, and I'm kind of like, probably should be on it. Maybe a little lower than say like Hitler and Columbus, but yeah, yeah. Be on it. 
Yeah, Johnson and Jumbo are, can be added to the list. <laughs> Jumbo what? Johnson. Jo- oh God, it's bad. It's I bad. I just I just can't. Uh, you have to have some sort of like complex. You he must have thought he was quite quite something. Well, or actually- or he thought he wasn't, or he really was really self conscious and really didn't think that much of himself, and so he threw his dick out to make up for it you know excellent point excellent point i i know like i i mentioned like early in the episode he was you know the majority senate leader and that he had like a lot of accomplishments while he was serving in the senate the reason for that like he was able to push a lot of legislation through because he was so intimidating like which is not a good thing like he if you check out pictures of lbj like if you just google like lbj intimidating or something you will find numerous pictures of him literally just standing over people and talking to them (laughs) like that yeah because that's how he got his way and i think even like the toilet mediums as disgusting as they are they almost are like an intimidation thing too that like i could do whatever the f i want yeah 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 absolutely all right kina that's what we've got for you for funny (laughs) presidential but really it should have been fucking disgusting presidential yeah Yeah. i don't have a category for that but you guys nailed it (laughs) a plus in that non-existent category fantastic yeah i'm glad you did that just you know i am really close to austin so i've heard a lot of stories and like said every street's named after him and stuff so i haven't really dug into what he actually did <laughs> you don't need I, to anymore <laughs> i plan on going to his presidential library but i haven't i mean covid can't go anywhere anymore but yeah it's uh i imagine most of them have archives so if he did all those recordings i'm sure they have all of them and if he's burping and farting the whole time that should be interesting <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is truthfully my favorite part of that audio that we played is like you're listening to it like oh my god what is going on and then he just lets out the biggest belch like oh my god it just got worse <laughs> does anybody else find it odd that we spend most of our lives trying not to get pregnant so when the time comes when you're ready to start considering it we have no idea how difficult it really is on average one in eight couples in the united states have been affected by infertility that's about 1.6 million people so i wanted to kind of get an idea where i was at as far as possibly having a child down the road so i did modern fertility and it was amazing it tells you on average about how many eggs you have it also kind of gives you an idea what to expect if you're looking into ivf or egg freezing it gives you your hormone levels that relate to pcos which is one of the main reasons for infertility because one in ten women have it and you also get information on your general hormone health like your thyroid And the best part of this is that you get to do this test at home. If you use our code at www.modernfertility.com slash historical AF, you'll get $10 off today. So that's www.modernfertility.com slash historical AF. I'm doing spooky. So I'm going to do a quick history of the White House and then we'll talk about all the ghosts because there are so many. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes, I love love ghost story history yeah. so good Me too yeah, some wait. of them are quite hilarious 
But I figured we can't talk about presidents without talking about the House. But no. first we're going to talk about a little background. So Papa George Washington selected the site in 1791, and the cornerstone was laid in 1792. And it was designed by Irish-born architect James Hoban, and he was part of this competition they had. And it said that Thomas Jefferson, like, went incognito and changed his name and tried to win the White House competition and the Capitol building, and he lost both. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, I, it brings me a lot of joy because you know that pissed him off because he was <laughs> quite cocky about his architecture yes. skills. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, Tommy J. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> but a little less is not fun fact. It was built by slaves. White House records show that African-American slaves were trained on the spot to fill certain capacities like quarrymen, brickmakers, and carpenters. And it was really interesting that First Lady Michelle Obama actually spoke about her feelings waking up every day in a house built by slaves and how she was, you know, struggling with that, being in the White House and what it stands for now and what it was built by. So I think a lot of people are more aware. And Mm -hmm. it's just a conversation that I think is really important because we're all still grappling that our country was built with these ideas and that we're still trying to break the right. you know, systemic racism. Yeah. Yeah. So I read, I promise the rest of us is going to get a little lighter. <laughs> just got to get that out. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's American history. You kind of have is. to. It's just yeah. entrenched with what our founding fathers did. And so you can't ignore it. Exactly. It's not going to help anything. Exactly. So Hoban's inspiration for this house was drawn from a Irish villa called the Leinster house. I'm probably saying that wrong, but here she is. Ooh. And this is in Dublin. And I'll put pictures on the social media for those of you that are not on Patreon and watching. So join Patreon, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a pretty, pretty house. Do you know when this was built? I'm um, asking, I'm putting you on the spot. 1748. 1748, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and although President Washington oversaw the construction, he never actually lived in the house. So President John Adams was elected in 1796 as the second president, and he was the first resident of the White House. His wifey Abigail was very blunt in her letters, which is really fun to read. So if you yes. ever get bored and want to read her letters, they're fantastic. She's one of my faves. <laughs> she is amazing. Yeah. She used to complain a lot about the residents being unfinished when they moved in and just like a pain in her ass. And then <laughs> Thomas Jefferson also, when he moved in in 1801, was not impressed and he dismissed the house as being too big, which I'm sure is just him still being salty that he did not get to design it. So yeah, I, can, I definitely never complained about it. A house being too big, <laughs> right? So got it. The too White House big in here. <laughs> it's too spacious and lovely. Right. No, <laughs> who would want to live here? Oh. <laughs> so he made some like structural changes under architect Benjamin Henry Latrobe, and it included a terrace pavilion on either side of the main building and a single story wing for sort storage. Words, Keita. Words. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so we're going to fast forward to the War of 1812. And according to the White House Historical Society and Dolly's personal letters, President James Madison left the White House on August 22nd to meet his generals on the battlefield as the British troops were threatening to enter the capital. So before he left, he asked his wife if she had the, quote, courage or firmness to wait for him to return the next day. And then he asked her to gather everything important to them and be prepared to leave the White House at any moment. 
The next day, Dolly and a few servants were apparently just standing with some spy glasses looking out the window to see either her husband or the British Army to show up. And then, boom, British troops start showing up. And she's like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so then she makes this last minute decision. She's like, okay, dump all the personal stuff. Grab the portrait of George Washington. Yes. And he's like, what? Why? And I love her quote. She says, save that picture if possible. If not possible, destroy it. Under no circumstance will we allow it to fall into the hands of the British. Yes. That's actually, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about Dolly Madison. That is like the one thing that I I always remember about her, that she saved Mm -hmm. the portrait of George Washington. Yeah. And she had a good point. You know, the British were still a little pissed off at these ungrateful colonists. And, you know, they would have desecrated that picture and what it stood for American people. So she's like, nope. And they... The painting was screwed to the wall, so they actually had to break the frame and, like, roll the painting up. And then two of the people took it outside of Washington, and they hid it inside a farmhouse until the war was over. That's awesome. It's like listening to a national treasure plot line. (laughs) It is. is. History, sometimes, you can't make that up. Like, the plot lines are so good. (laughs) And it was also the Stuart. So there's three major George Washington paintings, and the Stuart one is the one on the dollar bill. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's my art history degree. The few things I remember. <laughs> yeah. Few times I remember how to tell the Pantheon and the Parthenon apart. That's the only <laughs> thing I remember from my art history classes. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I worked at the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, and I think they have the I think it's the Gilbert Washington. So Stuart's in the White House and then Gilbert's there. So to this day, it's the only object in the White House that resided in the original building. So that is cool. Mm-hmm. Thank so you, the, Dolly Madison. Yeah, thank you, Dolly Madison. And so on the next night, August 24th, British troops enjoyed feasting on White House food using the president's silverware in China and then burnt the fucker to the ground. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, let's eat all our food first. Can't let that yeah. go waste. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I actually respect that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> like, I was like, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, if they burned it down with all the food in there, that'd be kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody probably shoved some stuff in their pockets. It's probably passed down to families. And, oh my god! But uh, I just love. I love that the word you used right there was that you respect that. Like, yeah, I have respect for that. <laughs> it's true i do so good (laughs) so eventually the fire was put out by a summer thunderstorm but all that remained was the outside so the inside was completely charred and some of the interior brick walls survived so madison brought back hoban to restore the mansion which took three years so he never lived in the white house again Mm. and during this construction the house was painted white so this is when it first became a white house and he later added the south and north porticos using a slightly altered design from the Latrobe dude that Jefferson brought in. So they're all kind of mixing all the ideas together now. And then it didn't finish this part until Andrew Jackson's presidency. So this was a very long process. Uh, yeah. Oh, Andrew Jackson. No, um, Yeah, we have a two-parter <laughs> episode on that guy, too. Yeah, yeah, part one, we had plotting through the presidents, talking about him and holy crap. He's oh, like yeah, I, I heard yeah. that one about just like literally how many bullets he had inside of his body was just yeah. living with multiple bullets inside his body yeah. at a time. Just surviving by pure rage. <laughs> right. What a story. <laughs> right. 
1902, President Theodore Roosevelt began a major renovation of the White House, including the relocation of the president's offices from the second floor to the newly constructed executive office building known as the West Wing today. And then less than 50 years after Roosevelt renovation, the White House was showing signs of some serious structural weaknesses, and it was basically falling apart. So Harry S. Truman is the one that began the last major renovation during his presidency, and they tore out everything except the outer walls. Yeah, and I know there was an assassination attempt on Truman because he wasn't staying in the White House. He was staying in like a house near the White House, and so it was a lot easier, like security breaches, where he was staying. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel knows fun facts about like every president, guys, just in case you didn't catch on to that. <laughs> That's why, Kino, when you were like, we're doing like this presidential topic, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> pick me. Pick me. Pick me. <laughs> well, my next sentence is some fun facts. <laughs> so, yay. Yay. So there's 132 rooms, 35 bathrooms, and six levels in the residence. Sounds nice. That's crazy. That's 35 that is... bathrooms for LBJ to have meetings. <laughs> oh my gosh. How Full could circle, he pick guys. which one? Yeah. There's so Full many. circle. <laughs> oh my God. There are 412 doors, 147 windows, 28 fireplaces, eight staircases, and three elevators. Okay. That's I amazing. I have to agree. I do think that's too big. But now it's like <laughs> offices and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people live there and work there. And- so that's fine. Yeah. The White House kitchen is able to serve dinner to as much as 140 guests or hors d'oeuvres to more than a thousand. <laughs> I love that it's broken out like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. We, we can do the small stuff for a lot of people. But yeah. Right. It requires 570 gallons of paint to paint the outside. To keep oh, it all it's just- white. I wonder how often they have to paint it too. Like how the Golden Gate, it takes four years to paint and then they just start over every four years or what, whatever it is. Yeah. It'd be so yeah. I'm finally done. All right. Let's start. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> on the north end or whatever. During different times in history, it's been known as the President's Palace, the President's House, and the Executive Mansion. And then Obama is actually one that coined the People's House. Yes. So. Good on Obama. I miss you. Yeah. Just speaking of the Obamas, I watched this video that I shouldn't have watched. You know, those videos where like they just make you cry. You shouldn't watch them. Oh, yeah. That's what I do all day. Yeah. 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 And that was one of these. I mean, it was so amazing. It was like all these people coming in just for a standard tour of the White House. And Michelle Obama surprised them. Like she was standing there waiting to greet. Like we're talking like little kids on a field trip or like little old ladies that are seeing the white house for the first time and it was just so cool she like stopped and shook every single guest hand said thank you so much for being here you know i hope you enjoy the house um it was just so cool and how much people were really moved by her presence too like oh my god michelle obama like took the time out of her day to greet just you know a hundred people coming in just to do a tour it was really cool so you know i bought I bawled like a baby the whole time. So. Yeah, yeah. Is it sad yeah. that the first thing I thought of is like now in COVID times, I'm like, oh, I hope she washed her hands afterwards. 
<laughs> you mean she shook a hundred hands? Oh my god! Oh, I hope she had a hand sanitizer. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever think about things like that the same. Because yeah, even now, I'll watch clips that people did before this. I'm like, oh god, they touched so many people. No, yeah. Oh, you watch movies when there's just kind of a, kind of a large crowd of people. It's not even like too big, and you're I get like anxiety about Me it. Too. It's crazy. <laughs> or even what's so weird is how I have like an actual reaction, like in a movie I see like two friends like hug each other and I'm like wait <laughs> what, what is this foreign movement <laughs> I miss human interaction yeah uh, anyway White House it was <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt that gave the White House its name in 1901 so before then nobody called it the White House the White House was entirely lit by gas lights until 19 or er, <laughs> dyslexia 1891 <laughs> when electricity was first installed and the concept of lighting was still really new so at the time president benjamin harrison was so skeptical about the dangers that he thought he was going to get shocked if he hit the light switch uh-huh. so his solution was to never turn on a light switch that's <laughs> great that's great i just love to think that he had some like assistant being the light switch person that's your like, job could you imagine getting up in the middle of the night being like excuse me charles, charles could you- <laughs> i i can't <laughs> i have to go to the bathroom charles <laughs> and no, while we're please. at it follow me in there let's have a meeting <laughs> yes while John Adams moved into the house in 1800, it wasn't until 1833 that indoor plumbing was installed. And it wasn't until 1853 that it had hot and cold water in it. Ugh. That's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why when we we did an episode, taking it on another tangent, but we did an episode <laughs> about Lizzie Borden and the her parents' murders happened in the late 1800s. It was like 1890-something. And her family didn't have like indoor plumbing or hot water or anything. And so it's like crazy to hear that, that like the White House got it 50 years before the Borden family was like that. That was part of the story is her dad was like super stingy. Like, yo, mm-hmm. people have literally had hot water for 50 years. Could we... Could we get on that same train, please? <laughs> please and thank you. It's true. I'd be a little disgruntled, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would, too. Water. Yeah. And the White House has seen its fair share of cats and dogs, which is another thing that I've been sad about, that there's no presidential dog or cat right now. Like, everyone yeah. has one. It's very sad for me. And there's been some more unusual ones. My favorite is that the Coolidge's were sent a raccoon to cook for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Stop. And they wouldn't do it, so they kept it as a pet and named her Rebecca. Oh, I love it so much. Mostly because my middle name is Rebecca. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. And then he kept uh, two more possums named Mr. Protection and Mrs. Reciprocity. Oh, God. That's a hard word to say. Reciprocity. 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 Did you say it was Coolidge? Uh, who, who was that? Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, that was Harrison. Yeah. Like, Two must possums. have had a thing for like woodland creatures or something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a TikTok. And it was this guy, he was talking about his neighbor. She comes out every night and all the possums just like flock to her for dinner. Oh my God. And he's like, there's two things I can do. One, I can go over and befriend the lady and then become friends with the possum. Oh my God, 
I just saw that. Oh Anyways, my god! Like, yeah. And then the other thing me. I can do is that I could dress up like a possum and then be the possum king. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, that's awesome! Another reason to join TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, <laughs> history TikTok is fantastic. Why don't you is it? it? Yeah, it's like really short, really quick historical nuggets. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Highly recommend. Sometimes I get in the weird. Parts t- I'm in like witch TikTok right now, and I'm, I don't know how I got there. Everybody ends up in witch TikTok. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up there. It's delightful, and I'm in gay TikTok too. And I'm like, I don't care oh, yeah. how I got here, but I love it. It's so, I, I love yeah. this so much love and color. Oh it. my gosh, so much love! I can't. <laughs> oh, and then the most crazy pet was that a pair of tiger cubs was gifted to Vampiren. Carol after Baskin watching Tiger, yeah, <laughs> after Tiger King, it kind of it hits different. <laughs> Carol Basket killed her husband. I love this. Oh my god! Did you guys hear that they that his husband or his her husband's family took out an ad during her Dancing with the Stars, like yes. her slot on Dancing with the Stars, saying like help us find out what happened <laughs> oh my god it is so wild oh so good oh so wild yeah the whole thing i'm probably one of the few people i don't think she actually did it i think he probably was like funneling money to an island and accidentally wrecked his plane and then- mm. yeah i don't know I, yeah. I was I, I was gonna say you lost me she did it so <laughs> 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 i'm like sitting over there like mm-hmm. anyway back to history oh yeah yeah. and and that's it for dancing with the stars podcast (laughs) (laughs) i love that so much i get like emotional like watching dancing i love it so much and oh yeah dance is very emotional Mm -hmm. yeah i love it oh and so if a president like breaks a tooth or loses a crown he doesn't have to go very far because they have a dentist office in the basement okay Okay. That was the most random thing I came across on the internet today. I was like, all right. And they described it as kind of a mini mall. So there's a chocolate shop, a florist, a carpenter, and more. Love it. And the basement is also where you'll find Nixon's bowling alley and Dwight Eisenhower's broadcast room. That's fun. There's a basketball court too, right? Inside Mm -hmm. the White House. Yeah. So they also have a lot of recreation things. There's Tennis courts, jogging tracks, swimming pools, and a movie theater. And there's an interior pool, which I did not know this. It's underneath the James S. Brady press briefing room. Very cool. Very cool. Can't imagine just like all that stuff going on in the press room. Somebody's just doing laps underneath them. That's great. Great. (laughs) Michael Phelps is down there. There's a lot of controversy because there's always those rumors that JFK like snuck women in through the secret tunnels. So some people are saying the tunnels don't exist, but one does. And it was installed in World War II so that he could get to a bomb shelter. Yeah. And that one exists. One secret tunnel is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of like mistress tunnels all over the place i don't think you <laughs> pop out behind a painting or anything but you know what do i know might happen <laughs> i don't know the top secret things of the white house wish it did if i yeah. could like know all the secrets of buildings like that like the vatican buckingham palace oh my house, god i'd be so that'd happy. be amazing yeah you'd be on a watch list though if you somehow figured that out. <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, i'm probably already am sometimes like when i'm recording this I'm, i realize like my phone's listening the computer's listening oh yeah Some of the stuff i say i'm like i'm on a list we, we talk about that all the time with 
our uh, search that, history. Our, yeah, exactly. Our search history is so bad. Like one time we did an episode about um, we were a guest on a podcast about Kurt Cobain. And <laughs> so we were, of course, talking about the theory that like Courtney Love killed him or had him killed. And so I was doing research and I couldn't find like exactly what I was looking for. And so I ended up just typing into the search engine, Courtney killed Kurt. And then I got this like really bad website that was like the background was all black and the words were like blood red. And I literally, I got in, got the information I needed. And I got the hell out of there. <laughs> I was like, I was on this website, like tell the FBI. I was only on the website for like 12 seconds. I swear. Yeah. My, my search history is all kinds of fucked. Sometimes you just got to say it out loud. I have a podcast. Don't hurt. Yeah. yeah. Don't I tell your phone every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I think the worst thing I did is I googled how long it takes a pig to eat a human, and then I was like, "Yeah, Stop. definitely, yeah, Stop. it's gonna." Happen. I think <laughs> worst thing for me was I feel like to, for the Jonestown episode or something, I looked up like how long cyanide normally takes to get, or whatever it was that they put in there. I can't remember. <laughs> I was like, how long does it take to die by this chemical or something? <laughs> oh my God. And then every, because I'm generally the one that does the cocktail segment for our podcast. It's always like, I always try to like tie it to like a little thing in the story and it very rarely actually works out. But so I'll like look up like cyanide cocktail and then I'm like, <laughs> probably not a good idea. Like maybe I should be more careful about what I'm searching for on Google. Uh, I love yes. it. <laughs> love it. So a recent appraisal valued the property to be just under $400 million. And that was in wow. 2019. So that's a hmm. nice little chunk of change. <laughs> and then this is a, I think most people know this, but you might not. That room is free, but board is not if you're president. So they make a six-figure salary, but the president is still responsible for paying all the meals at the White House and at events, and they have to actually pay for their transportation. So I did lot- not know that. Really? So a lot of presidents have left the White House in debt. <laughs> I, I did know that, like, I mean, truly, the president doesn't really make that much money. No, not, not <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's yeah, great. That's that is a very fascinating fact. Well, I know that maybe as a... I just saw her on Ellen. Michelle Obama talked about how she had to pay for her food because they're like, oh, if you can get all the food you want, you can just eat all day. And she's like, no, I got to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And this is probably my favorite little fun fact. So Tom Hanks is responsible for caffeinating the press. <laughs> Their faces are the same thing. The head tilt at the same time. <laughs> so America's dad was shocked to learn that the White House did not have a coffee machine when he was on a tour. So being the good guy that he is, he bought them one. And then oh. six years later, he's like, let me replace that since it's all worn down. And then in 2017, he sent a third gift, a $1,700 espresso machine with a note that read, keep up the good fight for truth, justice, and the American way, especially the truth part. We don't deserve him. Why is he literally the best human being there is? He like, why? Is. We don't oh. deserve Tom Hanks. We do not. We do not. That was probably the the most wholesome thing I've read on the internet in a long time. Oh my yeah. god! Oh. That, yeah, that was a nice fresh breath of air. <laughs> breath of fresh air. Like, why did that come out so weird? <laughs> oh, then my next sentence is: The White House has been the home to several deaths. So let's bring this yeah. down. 
So yeah. President William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, both died in the White House. Uh-huh. Three first ladies, Letitia Tyler, Carolyn Harrison, and Ellen Wilson passed away there too. And today, a total of 10 people have died within the White House walls. So that's a perfect segue into spooky shit. Woohoo. <laughs> death, 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 death. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> So staffers, guests, presidents, and first ladies all have claimed to experience paranormal activity during their time. I think one of my favorite SNL skits in the recent years was Melania being visited by all the first lady ghosts being like, I haven't haven't seen it. it. Oh, it's good. They're like, you can get out. (laughs) We'll help you escape. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, it was really good. So there's a lot. There are so many ghosts. So I did as much as I could without us being here all night. So first we're <laughs> going to start with Abraham Lincoln. He's the most famous. Woo-hoo! And he's yeah. reportedly the most seen ghost. Yeah. So he's just hanging out. So the Washington Post reports that Abraham Lincoln reportedly received regular visits from the ghost of his son, Willie. Willie mm-hmm. died in the White House in 1862 at the age of 11, which is super sad. Oh, yep. So young. And he was probably typhoid fever. And Abraham wasn't the only White House resident at the time that saw Willie's ghost. A lot of the staff did. And, of course, his wife. And she was grief stricken by the loss of her son. And then she soups got into, like, seances and shit. She was really into spiritualism. And Mm. she was pretty famous for having the seances in the Red Room. Uh Uh, That was really, like, in. That was the fad around that time, right? Yeah. I need to do an episode on spiritualism. It gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Houdini yeah. trying to. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, trying to. Uh, yeah, trying to catch people in the in the act. Mm-hmm. It's. They said that she was so sad that she locked herself in a room for weeks, and then one day she saw her son at the foot of her bed. Oh god! So sad. But it's not the only ghost she said she saw. She saw that, or she said that she saw Thomas Jefferson playing the violin in the yellow oval room. So that's a little random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of all things for Thomas Jefferson to be doing, I did not expect the violin. <laughs> I was going to say, is he known for having played the violin or was that just a new? I don't think so. Something yeah. he picked up in the afterlife. Just a new hobby he picked yeah. up in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. He's got more I, time now. I love this. She also told her friends that she kept hearing Andrew Jackson stomping and swearing in the halls. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Andrew Jackson. It is. It sounds really on key for on him. Brand. Yeah. And the Rose Room where Jackson slept is reportedly one of the most haunted rooms in the entire White House. I wouldn't want to see him. And Lincoln wasn't the only resident to mention Andrew Jackson's ghost. In a letter to his wife, Harry S. Truman wrote that he often listened to the ghost walking up and down the hallway and even right in here into the study. The floor pops and the drapes move back and forth. And he says, I can just imagine old Andy Jackson and Teddy Roosevelt having an argument over Franklin Roosevelt. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a mind fuck of a group of people. Right? All those like, personalities whoa. together just right. do not, oh, not match. <laughs> no. And then Ward Hill Lehman Lamon. All right. Abraham Lincoln's former law partner, friend, and sometimes bodyguard told a famous story about the president's premonition of his own death. According to the tale, just a few days before his assassination on April 14th, 1865, Lincoln shared a recent dream that he had that there was a small group of people, including his wife, Mary Todd, in the room. And he walked over and asked who the body was. And the soldier said, the president. Yes. So that's one of the famous 
stories and he was really into dream interpretation there's uh-huh. several reports of him you know talking about his dreams and what they mean uh some historians say they don't think this happened because the story came out 20 years later and nobody yeah. talked about it right after so it's one of those things that we'll never know but it's a fun story i i like to believe it's true <laughs> i do too <laughs> i think it would story. but there was another that that morning he talked about he had a dream that he was on a ship sailing into the horizon or something uh-huh. at full speed so well and even jfk had not necessarily a premonition but he made a comment like as they were in the motorcade you know the uh secret service kept saying like we really should have a top on this motorcade i really feel like we need to protect you and he said like if i'm going to get shot by someone that's up in a building that shoots me in the back of the head as i'm going through then so be it like he just it was like with like eerie detail he said that so specific right that's crazy yeah Yeah, that's way too way too specific So Grace Coolidge first reported seeing Lincoln's ghost in 1920. So this is the first time somebody wrote it down. And she said that she would see him at the window staring across the Potomac at an old Civil War battlefield. So Mm. he would just stand there staring into the distance. And then First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt used the Lincoln bedroom as her study. And she said that she would feel his presence and all the time when she was working there at night. And then Mary Eben, who worked for Eleanor, said that she used to see Lincoln putting his boots on in the room. Oh. He's just and hanging out there a lot. That, that <laughs> yeah. encounters makes me feel that it's, I mean, now I sound crazy, but like legitimate, you know, that many encounters from that many different people. I don't know. I feel like there's something going on there. Yeah. And a lot of times people that are politics in politics are very logical and very, right. you know, I don't think they're going to make that up because they don't want people to think they're crazy. So I right, ask for right. the validity from Sightings of Lincoln's ghost were also frequent in FDR's presidency at the time of great upheaval. Many of Roosevelt's staff members claimed they saw Lincoln, including Roosevelt's personal valet, who repeatedly ran screaming from the White House. <laughs> oh, my God. Repeatedly. <laughs> he kept going back. <laughs> I feel like after one ghost encounter, I'd probably be like, I think I'm done. Maybe yeah. two. Let's push it to two. Okay. Right. Like, this is my dream job. Stop yeah. scaring me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for two. <laughs> yeah, fool me once. <laughs> so psychics have speculated that Lincoln's spirit remains in the White House and he shows up more in times of crisis. So mm. I'm sure he's pacing those walls right <laughs> now. Say, you think Trump's <laughs> in right now? <laughs> we will get to it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. He's so busy. He's like, damn, the afterlife is hard. <laughs> interesting i covered windsor castle windsor windsor castle and there's Uh a story that elizabeth the first shows up in times where england's in trouble so eight days straight before world war ii started she showed up to the king eight days straight so i was like well that's really interesting like and then i was like he seemed like a super lot the british family don't seem to joke about anything so like if they see ghosts then i I believe i believe you 100 (laughs) percent yeah even queen elizabeth said that she saw her in the wow library or something so i'm like it's definitely it's real it has to be yeah that's crazy (laughs) i'd never heard that lady bird johnson said that she was watching a documentary about lincoln one time and then she looked up and boom there's lincoln maybe she was just really traumatized by or maybe it's like when you stare at a screen for too long and then you look up in the dark and there's an image of what you were just seeing on the screen, you know? Yeah, yeah no, that's a good one. 
<laughs> or maybe he's just like, ooh, hey, it's me. I wonder what they're saying about me. <laughs> yeah. You imagine I like. Thought, speaking of which, I saw today this meme that said um, something about like, can you imagine if you're murdered and some girl skips your episode on Forensic Files because it's the boring one or something? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like That's oh. so good. <laughs> oh, the realness. <laughs> so Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands visited the White House in 1942 and slept in the Lincoln bedroom. She claimed that she heard a knock on the bedroom door and discovered Abe Lincoln just on the other side being like, hey, I'm Abe Lincoln. And then she <laughs> passed out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which seems like a fair reaction if you're just like, hey. Yeah. Top hat oh, or For whatever. sure. <laughs> Should I be worried that this is what I see right now? <laughs> very because technically i'm seeing images of lincoln right now yeah i was gonna say that's not a ghost you paid for that picture rachel (laughs) you paid money for that oh (laughs) and my favorite lincoln story of all time is winston churchill was visiting the White House in 1940, and he liked to tell the story. He said he had taken a long bath, and he had just stepped out, and he was completely naked, still dripping water, and he wanted a cigar. And he walked into the next room, found Lincoln by the fireplace, kind of leaning against it, and he said, quote, Good evening, Mr. President. You have seemed to have met me at a disadvantage. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so good. Oh, my God. That's really good. But as Even in, with a cigar. <laughs> yeah, in the afterlife, Lincoln still got his humor. Yeah, he's yes. so flippy. Yeah. And he reportedly smiled and then disappeared. Like, you got me. <laughs> like, no. No. And, no. And then Churchill refused to ever sleep in that bedroom again. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of those let's try two times thing. That's like you've seen yes. me butt naked. One time's it for me. <laughs> I mean, the composure to be like, you have me at a disadvantage. I don't think I would have that wittiness just off the top of my head. No. Yeah. And then, speaking of animals from earlier, Ronald Reagan's dog Rex seemed to have some sort of unsettling sense about the room. He went in there one time, barked frantically, and then refused to ever go back in again. I, I feel like dogs, dogs. know. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of ev- out of all of those, I'm like, for sure, the dog knows what's going on. Yep. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. And the Reagans actually talked about seeing ghosts all the time, too, which shocked me. (laughs) And one of the stories was that his daughter, Maureen, and her husband both saw him staring out the window again, kind of like the other. uh, Who was it? I can't remember who it was now. Good story, Kina. A little bit ago, I talked about somebody saw it. So there it was. It was a wife. It was a first. It was one of the. Yeah. One of the first ladies. Yeah. So, yeah, they saw it, too. And then Lillian Rogers Parks was a seamstress for the White House for a long time. And it said in some of the articles that she would go investigate sounds and she would hear people pacing in his room. And then staff members were like, nah, don't worry about that. That's just old Abe pacing the floor. So it just I, became like a thing between all the staff. Like, don't waste Don't your worry time. about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've heard that with like haunted hotels, too. You know, they're like, yeah, you get a call, just ignore it. I, I have a co-worker that swears that her house is haunted and she says that she just talks to the ghost. I don't know what she named the ghost. He has a name, but she's just like, you know, like a picture falls off the wall and she's like, really, Chuck, could you not? I have guests over. <laughs> like, that's the way she talks. Like, she's really like, 
you're gonna pick right now to do this, Chuck. Could we? Could we? Come on. A little decorum, Chuck. Yeah, come on, Chuck. Can you haunt me later? Would that be all right? Manners. <laughs> all right. So moving on. This one I find just depressing. William Taft believed the White House was haunted by Abigail Adams' ghost. And when she lived at the White House, it was really swampy in D.C. And so it was just really humid. So she would go to the East Room, the warmest, driest area of the White House, to do laundry. So that's what her ghost fucking does is laundry. Mm. No. Count me Mm. out for that eternal haunting. Yeah. (laughs) Do not. Don't want that. He said he saw her wearing a cap and a lace shawl. And she would head towards the East Room with her arms outstretched like she was carrying a laundry basket. Oh. I hate yeah. it. And they're like, you can sometimes smell the soap. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> Out of everything she did as a first lady, you're going to give her that? That's what she got handed in the afterlife? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> be a no oh for me. God. What, what sins did she commit during her <laughs> lifetime to be relegated to that task? Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's like my hell, my purgatory, which is laundry <laughs> all the time. Folding freaking clothes constantly. Ugh. The eternity of time in the afterlife, trying to fold a fitted sheet right, correctly. Yeah. I still can't they, do yeah, that. I'm with no, you on this one. <laughs> It's impossible. No, it's impossible. Witchcraft. Yeah, don't they just get bundled into a ball and shoved into a cabinet? That's I start out (laughs) so strong. I start so strong and I do the whole like folding over, and then by the end, they're just a ball. They're a wad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a whole shelf of just balls. Everything else I fold, but that just don't even try. (laughs) Yep. I hate it so much. And then his staff also saw a young boy, and Taft just kept calling it the thing. And then he ordered his team to never talk about the ghost and keep it secret. Like, mm-hmm. It really freaked people out. Because I wonder, was it Lincoln's son? It seemed well, no, like it was a bit older. Yeah, Lincoln's son was 11. So this one, that everything I was reading, it was about 14, 15 is what they were guessing. And mm-hmm. they said it would like touch your shoulder like it was leaning over you or something. So the Washington Post reports that Woodrow Wilson staff saw the ghost of Dolly, whose eternal pastime seems to be maintaining her garden. Her favorite thing was the Rose Garden. She was the first one to create that. So other sources say that anybody that tried to like mess up her gardens, she would just freak the fuck out and quote, out of nowhere, the spirit of Dolly Madison will swoop out of the sky, chase you away and save her garden from destruction. Well, then uh, Mrs. Trump is having a hell of a time right now. Yeah. Didn't she totally fuck up the Rose Garden recently? Yes. And that was my <laughs> thing. Like, I know, like, Melania is not the warmest person. Is she so cold that even the ghost of Dolly, she's just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Don't Dolly's care. scared of her. <laughs> I'm like, Dolly's where's Jackie, like, no. too? Yeah. Jackie's I know. Like, my trees. <laughs> I know. Give me my trees back. Oh, that hurt my heart when I saw yeah. it. Like, why yeah, would me too. Have? Hundreds of years of history. It doesn't matter to her. So no. <laughs> that's why. No. <sighs> anyway, so here he is proven. <laughs> One time went to bed around 9 p.m. Six hours later, he heard knocking at his bedroom door. In a letter he wrote to his wife, he recounted what happened next. And I just thought this letter was adorable. It says, quote, I jumped up and put on my bathrobe. So unlike LBJ, he wasn't flashing people. He opened the door and no one was there. <gasps> Went out and looked up and down the hall, looked into your room and Margie, still no one. Went back to bed after locking the door and there was footsteps in your room whose door I had left open. Jumped and looked and no one there. The damn place is haunted as sure as shooting. 
Oh. Sure is shooting. <laughs> Secret Service said they hadn't had a watchman up there for an hour or so. So you and Margie better come back and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. <laughs> oh my god. That's fantastic. I love that so much. I just love he's right and his wife. Come come protect me, please. Please. <laughs> Help. <laughs> And then Travel Channel reports that Truman and his wife reportedly heard cries of Frances Cleveland, the only first lady to give birth in the White House. Oh. So that would be a startling sound. Right. I mean, I do not have... I'm trying to remember, wasn't Frances Cleveland insanely young, too? Like, much, much younger than Grover? I'm about to Google that. She became the first lady at 21 years old. Oh yeah! Whoa! And and gosh, are they the ones where he was like creeping on her for a long time? That sounds Sorry, about I, right. I'm googling real quickly. Yes, she was 27 years his junior because I'm pretty sure like he knew her when she was a child. Oh, like gross. hung out with her as a child and then married her when she was old enough. Ew! Uh, ew, ew yeah. Ew. So there's that. Gross. According to the White House Historical Association, not every ghost who haunts the White House is a well-known figure. Residents have also spotted lesser-known apparitions, like the white-haired old man who appears to be Ulysses S. Grant. Mm. Mm. Those people hanging out there. In an 1883 article in the Washington Critic, it describes the ghost who haunted the second-floor bedrooms as a, quote, aged and bent man with long, phosphorescent white beard, hair, Ghastly and wavy, bright and glaring eyes and long, scrawny fingers. His walk is noiseless but stately, and his presence is always indicated by a peculiar electric sensation which pervades the surrounding air. Oh my god. Like, so suspicious. I can't speak. (laughs) Specific. It is. It's got like that. Scrawny fingers. It's got that, like, fun like 1800s speak to it though it's so fancy (laughs) Uh they don't know they don't know who this is right no that apparition but he has he gives off like an electric vibe is what Mm -hmm. they said i wonder if it's uh was it harrison that you said wouldn't turn off and on the switches (laughs) harrison no it was his assistant who he called in at midnight when he had to go to the bathroom there you go switches there you go because yeah that assistant has all kinds of electricity running through his veins (laughs) that we solved it yeah (laughs) first uh, and more recently, I saw this on the Today Show not too long ago. Jenna Bush Hager, uh, Bush's daughter, uh-huh. she talked about her experience. She said one time her phone rang and, quote, it woke us up in the middle of the night. We had a fireplace in our room and all of a sudden started hearing like 1920s piano music as clear as day coming out of the fireplace. And then she talked about how her sister didn't believe her. So the next time her sister slept in the room with her and it happened at the exact same time, but this time with opera music. Oh, that, like, I bet you there was just like some assistant fucking with them. <laughs> you know, oh. with, with the house that like full of people working for you and stuff. Yeah. There's a print. That one. Yeah. And it's old. So there's no telling like if you're playing music where it's coming out of. Yeah, fireplace stuff. It could probably be debunked. Maybe who knows? (laughs) Uh, William Henry Harrison is said to haunt the attic, and he was the first president to die in the White House. So, not so fun fact for him. No, (laughs) there's an unnamed British soldier who perished during the War of 1812, and it's said that he roams White House grounds holding a torch. (laughs) Ooh, 
That would not go over very well right now. (laughs) In my favorite, just unknown, this guy named David Burns, he owned the land that the White House was built on. And people say that he just shows up and says, I am Mr. Burns. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I was like, and then... uh... (laughs) Or he'll whisper, I'm Mr. Burns. Gross. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly to like security guards. They're the ones that reported it. And I'm like, that's really creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. Not a big fan. Could you imagine? I'm just like picturing. All right. I'm walking through the grounds, (laughs) doing my rounds. And then there's like this guy walks up kind of transparent and is like, (laughs) hey, sort of, maybe not. Yeah. I'm Mr. Burns. (laughs) Have you heard? I'm Mr. Burns. That's amazing. And then I'm going to end this with just, I think it was a mental floss article. And it was like, ghost in the White House that should scare Donald Trump out. (laughs) (laughs) But then they ended with a theory. And they're not like, there's no proof that Donald Trump has seen a ghost in the White House. But a lot of people think he has because just some weird shit he said. So there was some theories going on that he spotted some of the ghosts because one that he takes vacations as often as he can. He hates yeah. going to the White House. He's very anti White House. Like he keeps calling it a dump and stuff, which I think he's just scared and doesn't want to go there. So he's like, oh, <sighs> he wants to live there. It's too big. <laughs> right. Um, so a Republican activist reportedly told the Daily Cost contributor Trump takes vacations because, quote, he is afraid of the White House ghosts. The source told the contributor, Quote, apparently he thinks they visited him on his first night there, and now he hates to even walk in the place. At night, he's so terrified, he wanders around in his pajamas, and he's afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember seeing an article, like, right after, it had to have been, like, 2016, that somebody saw him just sitting in a chair outside his room, and they're like, why don't you go in? He's like, fucking Abraham Lincoln or something. I was like, okay. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's proof. So I have no no idea if any of that's true but it makes me laugh because yeah it makes me giggle yeah so if it's true i mean abe lincoln shows up when things are going down so he would definitely be hanging out yeah he's their faux show <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't imagine trump handling that very well so <laughs> oh, but he is a stable genius so who knows oh my god <sighs> who knows but yeah there's a lot of ghosts there and I, yeah i mean and that's not surprising for how long mm-hmm. It's been around and that's true. Yeah. So many and things sh- happening and yeah, the shit that so, the house has seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so important to so many people. So I can imagine. Yeah, that's a good good point. I've it's never not just been, the people living there. I want to go someday. Yeah. I yeah. feel like if I if I when I do my DC trip in the future, it's gonna have to be like two weeks or something yeah it's gonna gonna have to be a long one i know all the museums and then all the markers yeah we were going to do a dc trip actually next month it was gonna be a two week long one but obviously that's not happening so you know yay COVID. right yeah remember in like 
February, March. We thought this would be over by now. <laughs> and do you know what's crazy is like Leah and I actually went to Disneyland, Disneyland in February because in February it was like sort of a thing, but not it really. It was kind a of thing. a joke. Like we kind of like, joked about it. Yeah. I mean, I just, there, there weren't any like cases here yet. And so mm-hmm. we went to Disneyland, like, should it be, we be worried about this? Nah. You know, like, and then literally a month later, we were. <laughs> working from home so it's so funny because i remember i went to a conference in chicago chicago thank you the (laughs) week we went to disneyland and i remember i was like oh i think there's a case in chicago should i be wearing and then we go to disneyland (laughs) like thousands of people touching all the crap in the park and it didn't even cross my mind yeah Yeah. it's amazing to think about our mentalities Uh, the thing about podcasts that i'm loving and i think this will be like a huge primary source in the future Mm because you can listen to any podcast around january february we're all clueless and then it's just like all of us sliding into a depression of quarantine and (laughs) tragedy (laughs) and it's just uh yeah everybody's very open about what this has done to our mental health and stuff yeah oh absolutely people who even weren't upfront and honest about their mental health or anxiety or whatever you can't deny what this has done to everyone oh you yeah know? it's like i have generalized anxiety and it's under control but after so many months of this i'm like it's not under control anymore yeah <laughs> well and no, it's just like it's not just covid it's 2020 i'm like truly 2020 is like yeah. it's cursed or something like there literally is every month mm-hmm at, if not globally or you know nationally then something personally shitty happens right. you know yeah. just right. one yeah. thing after another it's, right it's a, a test for sure i don't know what the test is <laughs> it's a, I, I saw speaking of, like another meme i saw someone that said like 2020 is really testing me and i didn't study for the exam <laughs> i did not no. study for this nope no i was no. not prepared it's been wild. Yeah, my husband, he's military, but he's been working home for five months. He just wow. went back. But even there, they half the people have to work from home and they only bring in a couple at a time just to have yeah. somebody there. But he's like, it's weird. And just yeah. sometimes I'm like out in public and I just look around and see all the masks. And I'm like, I never thought I would live to see this. It's I had a moment weird. when we, we were at the grocery store because that's the last time I went out uh, <laughs> on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. We were at the grocery store and, you know, I just had like a moment of I looked up and I was like, everyone's wear- was wearing a mask. And I just had a moment of this is this is real fucking life. Like this, we're at a grocery store and everybody's scared to be near each other and wearing masks. It's crazy. And my, yeah, my latest, like, I feel like, you know, we go like this, right. Where Mm -hmm. we're like, yay, I'm working from home. Oh my God. I'm working from home. And like, you know, I uh, like, okay, sure. I'll wear a mask. Are you serious? I have to wear a mask. You know, like we go through these Mm -hmm. waves and my most recent wave was going to the grocery store this weekend. And like, putting on my mask and walking around was like not weird for the first time ever. And because normally, you know, I'm in there like, can we get this thing going? You know, like, can we hurry up and get our stuff? Cause it's really hot under this mask or, you know, I let's get in, get out. And I don't know. It was just the first time where I was like taking my time, shopping around, wearing a mask because that's what we do now. And it was like, not a big deal. I'm like, Oh my God, I've moved into like the phase where I guess I'm like kind of numb. You know what oh, I mean? See, like, I hit like, this that. Is- I hit that level of normalcy wearing masks like two months in. No, it's been like weird and abnormal to me up until like literally like two, three days ago. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like just putting on a mask without even thinking about it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird time. It's, you know, 
I posted that thing earlier about how we'll describe 2020 in future history classes. Yeah. Did you see I reposted that? (laughs) I'm like, that's what it is. There's just no words. Everything just keeps changing so rapidly. It's like by the time we process one thing, something else happens. That's that's why I think the fires have like super, super affected me. Like very mentally affected me just because I think it's exactly what you said is like, we have no time to catch up on the last mm. thing that's happened. And now there's this and, and I don't know, that's just it's like the crazy. fires in California have super bothered me because, and, and again, we are like in such a fortunate position in that, you know, the closest fire to us is a hundred miles away and it doesn't look like it's going to travel in this direction. So like the, the effects that we're dealing with are like smoke, which really sucks. Um, mm. But we're not dealing with you worrying know, about our losing homes, our homes. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, what can I complain about, you know, compared to other people? But it just it's just another phase of 2020 that I'm still trying to catch up on the last one. I saw the fire tornadoes and I was like, oh, come on. Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) know. Every every time I see something like that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like that alien thing the other day, nobody was shocked. No, I think it turned out to be a blimp or something or so they say. But yeah, I don't. Well, and now they're saying, um, my husband just told me, he's like, have you seen that thing about, they think there may be like signs of life on Venus. And I'm like, yeah, what about it? (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, you're not interested. No, no. (laughs) There are UFOs. Nope. Don't care. (laughs) It's, it's wild. And it's none of us were okay. (laughs) It's almost over. Right. Yeah. Now we just got to get through the election. So which this is the last episode of president so last time to say please 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 register to vote and if you don't know how go to vote.com and you can look or go to your state's website and they'll tell you how to register i know in texas you have till october 9th i think to register so you have plenty of time i wish i had done research i don't know what the end date is for california but go check it out um, learn yeah i know i was just looking deadline yeah. to register to vote is october 19th in california okay yeah and early voting in texas is october 13th starts so early wear a mask get some sanitizer you know everybody think really really long hard Positive about the thoughts. President. yeah yeah <laughs> do you want, want another lbj do you want another uh yeah I don't, I don't know. You want well, another Lincoln ghost? Just think about what you want, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually thinking about maybe, I don't know, having, when I say party, I mean just myself and my husband, but having a party for uh, the debate on the 29th of this Ooh. month. Um, I thought like maybe it'd be kind of fun, like just watching them with, I don't know, like pizza and booze or something like um i'd like to invite myself to this party so well, to be to be honest you i just haven't texted you about it yet so. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest you're part of that party but i just think like wouldn't that be i'm hoping it's going to be as humorous as we think it's going to be oh it will like, be like you've got to be kidding me you know yeah. like something hopefully that we can sit there and kind of laugh about i, I hope. hope i really yeah. hope they get the fact checkers because i think i know i think it'd be i know really- I love that so much. Leah, did you see that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I, I love it so much. Well, (sighs) thank you guys. Tell everybody how they can find you and tell them about your trivia nights because they are amazing. 
Oh, sure. So we um, are primarily active on Instagram. That's our, our main uh, social media outlet. Um, so you can find us at, at hashtag history underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, we do trivia nights. We've done two now. Rachel, you want to give them info on yeah. that? Yeah. So our trivia nights, they're just something fun we've been doing since quarantine just to kind of keep people engaged and having a good time. So yeah, we've done two trivia nights. They are on Instagram live and they're super fun. We put together like 20 ish questions and, um, you know, some of the questions are things like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but like that we had one about William Henry Harrison, like who was the shortest term president you know questions kind of like that um and then we give away amazon gift cards to the top three winners so it's been super fun and we've had really good turnout on those trivia nights so we will keep the instagram family up to date on whenever we schedule the next one yeah and then if you want um to look more information up on us uh you can find our website at hashtag history dash pod.com Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I have had the best time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again. And we'll see you later. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 I want to thank hashtag history again for coming on. It was the best time. So thank you guys for listening. And if you want to watch these live and see all the fun videos and pictures and chat with us while we go that is patreon.com slash historical af pod and again i've added a lot of new benefits and also we're solving that competition so it's going to be ending really soon and the winner you just have to be a patreon member that's it and the winner is going to get to be on our halloween mini gab and you'll get ghost hunting for dummies and a shirt so definitely join patreon and we need your stories for our listeners episode so the spookier the better if you want to find merch if you want to find our photos everything that is www.historicalafpodcast.com all right we'll see you next week for movies part one okay bye hello and welcome to boozed podcast where we get supernatural and shit-faced I'm your host, Camille Monet, and I invite you to join me and my guest every other Thursday for Spirited Stories. We look at each other and we go, did that just happen? And then her hand, she still had the sucker, it fell over, and then it stood back up, and then the gate closed. Lush lore. And as it turns out, Maria, in a former life, was an evil witch. Oh. (laughs) And intoxicating inquiries. I mean, I know some hogs can be really freaking big. They can't. They can be huge. They're and huge. They'll eat you. So, I mean. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Pigs will eat you. Pour a drink, warm up the Ouija board, and prepare to get three ghost sheets to the wind. You can summon a new episode every other Thursday on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, get boozed.